Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Namaste, Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and today is a beautiful day to be alive and to practice that which we love so much, yoga. It is a true pleasure to introduce to you a sweet soul on the planet, Shirley Dove, one of the most compassionate beings I've met when it comes to connecting with herself and others and tapping into the vibration of unconditional love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. Namaste, Yoga Revealed Podcast. So excited to be here with you today, wherever you are on this beautiful planet of ours. My name is Alec Vishal Rubin, and I'm so grateful to be joined by a sweet, compassionate soul from the other side of the world in Israel. Miss Shirley. Aloha. Namaste. How are you? I'm so good. It's so exciting to be here right now. Yes, I'm so excited. I have been following you on the social media world and pages for some time. And we connected earlier this year over lifestyle and nutrition and just discovering more of your compassionate soul that that you are and the the playfulness that you bring to life through I see the lens of yoga for yourself I wanted to be able to get you on yoga revealed and and just share a conversation together and you know the the first question that we always ask everyone is how did yoga first reveal itself to you in your life take us on a journey wow um it first revealed itself to me when I was six um, my dad's a dentist and he had a lot of back problems. So he started to go to Bikram yoga and um, he worked a lot. So that was really the only time I could spend with him. So I joined him. And in the beginning, they only let me do the first half because I don't know if everyone knows what Bikram is, but it's hot. <laughs> and for a six year old, it's like, 
I don't know if you should be doing the whole series, but eventually I started going to, I started going to all of it. And, um, I think I'm really blessed to have started at such a young age because, uh, it planted a deep seed for me. Um, mm. and I, and I wasn't really practicing consistently throughout the years. I'm sure months would go by that I wouldn't go with him. But, um, when I was in the Israeli military, I would go to Bikram classes after I'd leave base and it saved me. It really saved me. Whoa. I'd like to tap into that a little bit. So can you give us a a little, I guess, history education for, you know, those who are in America and maybe aren't too familiar with um, the history of Jews in Israel and going to military. I'm, I'm an Indian Jew. I'm half Jewish and I've been to Israel several times. So I have an understanding, but I just want to be, aware for some who might be like wait what you have like military what's up with that so they call themselves a a defense force which i think is really important to um enunciate because for me it was really important that they don't go out of their country and attack people like they really feel a lot the majority of the country feels like they're doing it to protect themselves And I've wanted to join the military since I was 14 um, as a Jewish American. And uh, I went without really knowing too much what it was. I didn't do enough research. I didn't know the language. Um, I guess you could say my soul brought me there. But once I was in the experience, um, I got to see that it was very multifaceted. There's humanitarian units. There's combat units. Um, like everything, there's light and dark. And um, mm. I got to see a lot of beautiful things that this country does through their military. And I saw a lot of dark things that um, I can I can understand why people would be against the military as well. Wow. And, you know, as you say, surely how the yoga saved you. I, I really enjoy how yoga came to you at a, such a young age. And then when you did go into the, the military experience, what was it that, what was saving you from what? So the military um, really disconnected me from my soul and my morals. Um, the food was horrible full of preservatives nothing's fresh no vegetables it's all like white breads and low vibrational foods that don't make you feel good um and my health was degrading and I just had no peace of mind during that during the first let's say year and a half of my military service and then I remembered Bikram existed and I don't know what possessed me but I'm like I'm gonna go to a class and I did and I left feeling like I, I reconnected to myself for a moment Mm. Mm. and, um, I was, I was addicted. (laughs) So I imagine, you know, like I see you on the other end of the screen, someone who is very intentional with your lifestyle, with your food, with the people that you have in your life. And uh, I, I see you as someone who is very intentional on, expansion and creation of that, which is how you want to see, how you want to live. You create your reality. I I see that at least from this outside perspective. And I wonder from being in military and tapping into this experience of yoga that 
was so on a different contrast from low vibrational foods and maybe some experiences, as you mentioned, you know, the light and the dark in all experiences. Right. And then you tapped into the yoga though, and something, something shifted. How was that the catalyst to get you to where you are now to surround yourself with more high vibration? You see, can you take me on that? Yeah. Take us there. As you were, as you were saying that, like, the flood of events started going through my mind, like seeing really how that going back to my yoga classes really started shifting my reality. It's crazy. Um, After I started going, I was being drawn towards events that were more high vibrational and less stressful. Even in my army experience, I got to be a soldier on birthright. Um, It's a trip where I know you know what it is, but in general, for people who don't know, it's a trip where, Jewish Americans can get flown to Israel for free for I think 10 days and they just get to travel the country and like fall in love with Israelis. And it was, it was as amazing as it sounds. (laughs) Um, And then after that, I did a few more courses. So the, the last part of my army experience was actually very enjoyable. And I really um, think that, going back to my yoga practice really allowed me to shift into more enjoyment of life and um, even technically being imprisoned, which is what I feel uh, a military can be because um, I was, I was getting paid like $300 a month. Like nobody, like nobody can. And I was, it's a full-time job. I was doing 18 hour (laughs) shifts sometimes not being fed sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, so to, to go from like suffering and miserable to really happy, um, Mm. and enjoying life, I definitely Mm. dedicate to yoga. Mm. When you say, you know, I've been, I've been watching you on Instagram, teaching some classes and Tel Aviv and, and I'm curious for you outside of the asana, what is it that you seek to transmit? when serving yoga based on what did yoga transmit to you? Wow. Or what has, not did, what does, what do, yeah, you got it. (laughs) I'm going to absorb that for a moment. Mm. I think the deeper I go into healing my mind, um, it allows me to heal my body as well we have we're completely programmed with our emotions and that's physically stored in our body so once you start to understand that you go beyond the asana you don't only see importance in the asana and I think my meditation practice um started catching me up to understanding that I think um if that makes sense yeah. So your meditation started to really tap you into a deeper, deeper layer, like deeper into the subtle body. I like how you, how you tuned into like healing our minds and connecting to our own bodies. I believe you, you've gone through a body journey. You've had, we've all, we've all gone through a body journey. But yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen you share a lot of your journey on social media, on your relationship to your body. Like where, where is yoga come into the play? for how you relate to this, you know, temporary human 
spacesuit thing? <laughs> My Earth suit. Um, yeah. I think yoga has given me um, the awareness of the observer within. And I, even through my practice, and now I'm finding more and more just through my daily life, I'm observing my body and how it's communicating to me. Um, A lot of people say, how are you so uh, strict with your food intake. A lot of people have a hard time eating healthy or eating vegan because they, they're addicted to processed foods or, or animal products. And for me, it's like my body is clearly communicating to me. If I eat dairy, I get acne. And when I see acne on my face, I don't feel good. And I don't, I don't shame myself. I don't guilt myself, but I'm aware that I'm feeling this way because there's an imbalance and there's not, there's something that my body's trying to communicate to me. And I it had to get to the point where it's bad enough for me to pay attention and to do something. So now I have a certain diet and I have my asana practice, my meditation practice to prevent getting to the place where it's bad enough for me to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I relate in, in, in very different ways how, people have come to you and, and they're curious, like, how do you eat? So like, how could you be so, how is it easy to be so intentional with the foods that you eat? And I think we all have our own journey. Like I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> I was raised on a meat, dairy, and cheese diet. I, I didn't, my family didn't know any better. And then when I came to college and yoga found me, everything started to shift on what I put in my body. Cause I'm the same thing. If I accidentally even consume dairy, which is like rare, if it's like an accident, cause someone gave me something I didn't know I'll break out. And I'm the same way as you. So I like cut that out many years ago for myself and it's been massive, but you know, I, I feel like I, I hear a lot of the, um, the depths of how yoga has brought a higher level of personal security for you into your relationship to your body. And, and I feel so similarly when I came to yoga 10 years ago, I had no emotional confidence or security in my physical form and yoga taught me that. And wow. at all, I mean, I, I remember being in the room and I would always, I was always so insecure because I was a smaller guy. I was the only kid in my high school who didn't play lacrosse. And, uh, you know, when I went to college, I was like, wow, yoga's this is medicine. This is the path. I'm going to keep following that for me. So I, I love hearing that in your own journey. And uh, yeah, I'm curious for you, like what, what is, what is alive for you when you, when you are practicing yoga, when you're sharing yoga and you're following the lens of how you see life through yoga, like what, what is alive for you right now in these times and what we're all experiencing in our own individual rights? What's, what's real for you through, through yoga? Wow. these questions are are deep and expansive Mm -hmm. um wow my yoga practice is uh my grounding force it's it brings me back to the present moment um it's during these times it's really easy to get lost in the fear of the unknown because i don't think we've ever been more in a time of unknown. I feel for me, especially in Israel right now during a lockdown, uh, it feels like all the grounding, all our structure, all our safety nets have been pulled and ripped away from us. And 
you you either are fluid and just go with the flow and find yourself adapting to that, which my yoga practice has helped me do because I have to do that constantly every day in my practice, or you you get tumbled under the destruction of of everything that's going on right now. And and for me, I see that for for something new to be created there has to be destruction of an old paradigm, but a lot of people don't see that and they're very attached to what they know. And I think that um, meditation can really help a lot of people right now. Um, Not judging the experience you're going through, really just purely observing everything going on without judging if it's good or bad and trusting. I think yoga has taught me a lot on trusting the universe and surrendering to all the outcomes. Trusting the universe, surrendering to all the outcomes, and learning how to adapt through our practices. Those are three things that I just heard you say. And I'd love, can we elaborate on how has for you your practice, whether it is asana or meditation or like how, when it comes to adaptation and adapting, you know, like humans, we've been adapting since we got here on planet Earth. It's been a part of our survival and our evolution. We have to adapt or die. And, you know, <laughs> there are, are unfortunately some humans who don't adapt. And I feel what dies or what suffers the most is our emotional and mental state of being. Are you with me on that? Does that make sense? So yeah. kind of like with that being the frame to this question, how would you elaborate on how yoga helps you adapt day to day from whatever life's throwing at you, be it a stranger or a friend or job, work, money, whatever it is. How does your yoga help you adapt? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Okay. I like that question. I can only give my perspective as a woman because mm. for for women, we are constantly going through many phases throughout the month. We go through four different phases. Our emotions feel different. Our energy levels feel different. And my practice looks different every day because of all those biological reasons, um, all, as well as environmental reasons and social reasons. It influences who you show up as that day to your practice. Um, and you have to adapt. You have to be present with the experience as it is. Sometimes it feels super yummy in a practice. And sometimes you're like, "Ugh, I do not want to do this. I don't want to do this right now, but I'm still going to show up. And um, I think really what helps me keep showing up and adapting is uh, dedicating what I do to something higher than myself. Which is? Showing up, showing up for the collective Mm. for the planet Mm. knowing i mean yoga is unity and and i think it comes back to if there are people suffering around you then you don't get to sit and enjoy the abundance you need to help them and and unify there's so much abundance in this unit in this universe there's no reason for only a few people to experience it so until there is a utopia and bliss on planet mm. earth, then I feel like my purpose here is to show people that there's a way to get there and it's, and they have it within, within them and they really just need to heal and let go of all these limiting beliefs that they don't deserve it and aren't worthy mm. of it. I've, I've heard you talk about on your Instagram stories and on your website and just 
even through that state, that beautiful statement here just now, your relationship to unconditional love for others. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder what that experience, could you speak to the humanity experience of judgment that maybe you experience? I don't know. I won't speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I totally experienced judgment <laughs> of myself and of others. And then there is this higher self-visioned route way that I can access. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't of unconditional love. So with what you just spoke to on adapting and wanting to be able to be in service to the collective for higher than self, I think that in my experience, there's sometimes maybe an obstacle for some of us. And that would be to me what I just kind of spoke to with judgment. And what do you, what do you think about that? What comes up for you? Well, we are humans going through a human experience, so we can't always act from our higher selves all the time um, or else this experience would be boring. So I think that's part of it and accepting it. (laughs) Yeah. But um, on top of that, I think that uh, everyone's a reflection. So if I'm judging you, it means there are still parts inside of myself that I'm judging about myself. And when I can get out of the heat of the moment, cause I'm, I also judge people as well. I also judge myself. Once I get past the heated moment, I can really reflect and I journal every day on my experiences. Mm. I do a forgiveness meditation every single morning. Mm. I look at all the faces of people that I need to forgive or that I want forgiveness from. And I ask wow. it and I say it. So I can start my day with only love in my heart, because if you are holding on to anger towards someone, then you're taking away from the space that love can enter. So um, that's really beautiful. That's, that's really beautiful. I mean, I've, I've never heard that before. Surely of someone in the morning looking at the photos of the faces of people that you want to forgive and that you want to have forgiven you and to just speak it and name it and to hold love to that. I I think that's amazing to not harbor any malintended feelings or experiences and to only start your day with love. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I highly recommend um, a a free meditation on YouTube by Vishen Lakhiani it's called the six phase meditation. It's mm. only, I think, 15, 20 minutes. And um, it has all the aspects of forgiveness, gratitude, mm. envisioning. It's literally how to start your day the best way. Um, oh. And I also I also lead similar meditations um, every Sunday if you'd want to join a live class. Mm. We'll definitely highlight that at the end and get more information for that. Um, another thing I wanted to tap into was I I love it because trusting the universe and surrendering easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) I think in my experience, but then there are moments where I get in this super flow state and it's so easy because there's not a cell in my being that is resisting what I like (laughs) and what I want. But sometimes what like capital I Alec needs might be different than what I want and uh, in times 
I might butt heads with myself or the experience. And I'm curious for you, was there a moment in your life when you made that conscious shift, that conscious shift to be like, all right, I, my hands aren't on the steering wheel. I'm just going to, I'm going to trust the universe and I'm going to surrender. Like, do you remember a, like one of those specific moments that shifted? You're going to laugh. That perspective. A, mo- yeah. a month ago, a month ago. This happened <laughs> right. to me a month ago. Yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was having the dark night of the soul. Everything mm. that could go wrong was going wrong. My intuition was lost. I could not make a decision mm. to save my life. Um, everything felt like it was going to shit. It felt like I was about to be homeless. It felt like the country was closing down and I had nowhere to go. And I was like always constantly trying for a week straight to find somewhere to go or make a decision. And I was like, I was really fighting myself. I couldn't tell what I wanted. I couldn't tell what was right. So I just said, you know, what? fuck it. Am I allowed to curse on here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I said, fuck it. Fuck it. I I surrender. I surrender. And then literally the next day I got offered this dream home on the beach. I'm in, I'm in my dream home on the beach, two minute walk from the beach. Um, And everything just started flowing once I let Mm. go of the attachment of what was going to happen. And, um, Things have continued to happen, things that aren't in my control, but I think that the universe takes care of everyone and your vibration is what is going to attract your experiences. So if you're in a state of lack and scarcity and fear, then you're going to attract an experience like that and it's not serving you. If you can just get neutral, if you could just not, you don't have to be in a, in a state of envisioning what you want, which is very powerful, but if you can't get there, then just calm your mind. Just just go to a place where you're not thinking of anything and that will. We're back. Yay. We're back the, on. Okay. The beach house comes with bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. I love it. So you're speaking on calming <laughs> your mind and, you know, finding this, uh, this internal ground in this center. And that is something that has, correct me if I'm wrong, supported you in the highest of, being able to surrender is coming back to your being. It's, it's actually incredibly liberating because I really believe that everything happens for a reason and what you don't understand now you'll understand in hindsight. So if you could just forget that you need, you need to be stressed. Like I think back on times where I remember being incredibly stressed in my life, but now I look back on those experiences and and only see the positive, loving, fun I had. So that makes me think that in the present now, like I might as well just enjoy the experience because I'm going to look back on it and be happy I had it anyway. Mm. So there's, mm. there's no point in letting those thoughts really take over. Mm. I think that's a beautiful perspective. And I think that it's very relatable to be able to look back at five, seven, eight years even something for me as tragic as one of my best friends dying in 2017 and going through the deep grief hole that that was, I can still look back on some of those 
experiences and, and find a love and find a gratitude for what was felt and what was experienced, even though in that old moment of that, then now it was like, Whoa, like I can't yeah. even handle it. So now I, I, I think that everyone can have an aspect of how to relate to creating gratitude. So I love that. So something was coming up for me, you know, I know that you're in Israel Surely, and you've you've traveled the world, and you've lived in LA, and you know you also have the access to be able to live in Israel. And Yoga Revealed, we have we have listeners all over the world, which is so cool. Majority is in the states, and I, I've been blessed to be able to travel all over the world as well and teach yoga all over the world. It's been so much fun over the last nine years, and I haven't lived though in like two different places where yoga is very prevalent for extended periods of time. And you have, and I'm curious from, you know, I've been to Israel and I live in America and I also know the cultures are very different. I mean, totally different, 100% different black and white can't compare them really when it comes to like cultural societal norms. And I'm curious for you, from the lens of yoga and how you live your lifestyle, are there pros, are there cons? Is it like, what, what's your experience from like, do, do you think that both cultures have something to teach each other and, and like something that each could take on something that you've been able to literally adapt and implement as you share into your teachings? It's something that's just kind of coming up for me. I'm curious what you think. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I, I've been studying chakras for a few years now, and um, it's said that each piece of land has its own vibration that resonates to a certain chakra. So I think that the United States are more in the lower chakras and the, the, the root, the sacral, the solar plexus. They're very into surviving and, and being grounded and having abundance of of money and safety. And I think Israel is very heart centered. It's incredibly heart centered. And I feel that very much in the, the practices in America, especially in LA, I've noticed that it's very asana based, based, which is amazing. The, the people in LA have incredible asana practices. I've studied from incredible teachers out there and I'm very grateful because it's advanced my practice, um, my asana practice. But the spiritual aspect, the soulful aspect, I've I've um, integrated more by teaching in Israel and studying from teachers in Israel. It's mm. um, they're great practitioners as well, but they they really um, integrate the philosophy of yoga into it, which which I really love. Mm. Who who is it? Who are your greatest influences when it comes to your practice of yoga? Who's influenced you the, the most? The teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, Talia Sutra. She, she's incredible. Um, she, she lives in Israel as well. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to practice with her many times. She's an incredible human. Um, Andrew Seeley, my love. I love him <laughs> so much. He's highly influenced my practice because of his like carefree, bubbly energy um who else dylan warner warner 
there's many more. I don't want to miss any names because yeah, I I, I follow so many yogis. But there's also I want to I want to give a shout out to my um, Indian yoga teachers that I practiced from. They gave me a home to stay in. Mm. They gave me the opportunity to teach my gifts to their students, and um, I I've learned a lot from them about what it means to be a yogi. And with that, what does it mean to you to study the subject of yoga? What does that mean to you? Wow. To me, it's just the science of life. It's, it's a system created to understand life, but I think it's, um, it's a perspective, you know, and for some reason, my soul feels drawn towards the yogic perspective of things. Um, but there's many other ways. And I really, I personally like to explore all the different realms. I'm, I study Western practices that have similar messages to what yoga teaches, but they've come across them in different ways. Um, so I think what it means to be a yogi is to just constant be constantly be in the um, state of curiosity and never stop learning mm. about life. I agree. Never stop learning and stay curious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you feel like something that you want to be able to share with all the listeners who want to be able to cultivate a state of staying curious and remaining in that student mind state like what's a, what's a tip that you'd offer to people to go down that path because you know to be real I, I think it, it it takes a certain state of humility to have x amount of years on the planet and x amount of years in the trade that one individual is walking in and their own heartfelt passion of what their calling is and to maintain curiosity and to maintain a student mindset that, that they, that takes a little bit of humility and humbleness. And I wonder for you, what, like you, you have a strong practice and it's a gorgeous, awesome practice. And I see you also staying open and being, being open yourself. So I'm curious for you, what, what, what tips would you offer to someone in that? I think um, curiosity is our natural state of being we're born curious creatures. And then over time, we're programmed into um, being bored. Boredom, I think, is a human creation. I don't think it's our natural state of being. And I think boredom is often correlated to depression. So Mm. minor or major depression in people. And I think if you don't feel curious, if you're not excited to learn new things about life, you should question what's going on with your happiness in the moment? Because for me, I feel like there's not enough hours in the day of how much I want to study and the things I want to learn. I can, I'm never bored. I have constantly something I can do. I want to bake cookies. I want to read 10 books right now. I want to do yoga for four hours. There's, I think, um, I think it's also an appreciation for life. I have so much Mm. gratitude to be alive and to be in this human experience right now. And I want to take advantage of it. Mm. Were you someone in school who questioned the uh, the authority delivering the information? Not necessarily like in a rebellious way, but like a why? Like I want to know why, or maybe in a rebellious way. I was a rebel. 
personally speaking. Yeah, I was both. I was both. <laughs> um, I, I've had teachers call me annoying. I've had <sighs> teachers call my parents for saying that I'm being disruptive with my questions. Um, I'm over-participating. Uh, I saw that for you. I was like, this is the person who questions things. It's good. And I think it's important to question things. It it caused a rift between my dad and I because Mm. he was more authoritarian. It It was like, I'm the parent. I decide. And I'm like, but why? (laughs) (laughs) i I think like i've I've learned a lot that we're all sovereign beings and that just because we bring humans into the world um doesn't mean that they're gonna be anything like us you know Mm -hmm. and we're actually meant to be so different because the fact that we all get to have different perspectives means that we get to understand more perspectives Mm. um so teachers Teachers and the education system in general, I don't think understand that. Right. I think it's a, it's a beautiful segue, very random alleyway to walk down in the conversation, but it's something that, that came up for me. And I like to have these conversations be so organic and in flow. And, um, you know, I'll reflect first, like my family is, I'm an Indian Jew and my entire family is in the medical field. I mean, doctors of Western medicine in every way, shape and form. We got them all. And I'm the spiritual doctor. I chose yoga. Yoga chose me. It's the route I very much walked down as my medicine. And I'm very different from my parents. It took a long time for my parents, I feel, to accept what I was doing as my pathway of the lifestyle that I'm living and how I make my income, how I have my lifestyle and what I choose to do with my time and energy and traveling the world to study yoga and do what I do. Very different than... It sounds like your father as well from the lifestyle that you've lived. So I wonder, could you speak to, I, I, I imagine that there are more people who are listening who also have that kind of relationship with their parents who maybe, not that they don't understand, but maybe they don't understand or they accept or they don't fully accept yet the, the lifestyle of yoga that is so expansive for so many people right now, especially in 2020 when more people need meditation and and yoga asana and in support when, when the studios have been stripped from us and now we're all virtual and we're able to tap into technology to be able to connect with each other. Right. So I'm curious for you, what's your relationship been like with your father based on what, um, what I just reflected to you? Yeah, so um, my dad and I had kind of a falling out when I was about 16. My parents got divorced, and it wasn't until last year, last we have the same birthday, um, I, I decided I felt ready to talk to him again. Wow. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a gift to have those years away because... Um, I'm not attached to what he thinks about me. I feel very confident in everything I do. Um, I'm very, I'm a big advocate for the free the nipple movement and my posts on Instagram show that. And a lot of people ask me, how do you feel comfortable with that? What if your parents see it? And my mom is my biggest fan. She's my biggest supporter. God bless her soul. (laughs) God bless that woman's soul. 
Um, but I don't, I don't care what my dad thinks in that sense. Um, mm. I still love him. I still love him because he brought me into this world and, and he did his best. And, um, I see that completely, but, um, what he, his, his idea of success isn't what mine is. I want to be happy and I want to make a difference on this planet mm. and mm. I'll be totally okay if I die broke, you know, as mm. long as I, I uh, achieved that mission. And um, I mean, I really made peace with what my family thinks about me. Mm. That's beautiful. You know, one of Ram Dass's quotes come up for me where enlightenment is three things. One, be honest. Two, tell the truth. Three, feed people. And to me, those three things, that's an amazing measure of success, not the amount of dollars that are in your bank account. And I see that yes. for you and feel that for you and, and for so many of us as well. And I love that. I love, I love hearing that. And I, I, I relate. I have a similar story in its own right. I, I didn't talk to my father for several years into the beginning of my college journey. And then yoga came into my life. And I remember the moment I was in Ustrasana, camel pose, and I had a lot, of, <laughs> I had a lot of anger for my father and like hate. And I went into this back wow. bend. It was my first year of practicing yoga. And I went into this back bend and I just went for it and held it. And in that moment, I just felt my, the, the Anahata Chakra just expand and I washed all this hate transmute into forgiveness yes. and acceptance. And then I sat down into Virasana and I just wept. And that's what inspired me to actually get this big heart chakra tattoo on my back. And um, wow. so, you know, that's, that's a really beautiful story that you have. And I relate as well. And, you know, the, it's, it's beautiful to have such a conviction on who we are, what we do and how I hear yoga has revealed the pathway of you surely to yourself and it doesn't matter whomever agrees believes supports bashes whatever it is like you have you and i i see that so strongly in you thank you i think another thing that really validates that i'm on the right path is how many people that um, have told me that just things that I share about my life and my experiences have helped them. Mm. And, and that's what keeps me going even when I don't want to, even when <sighs> I don't feel like being on social media, even when I don't feel like explaining my perspective, I, I go back to how maybe my perspective can help this person. And it, and, and many times it does. Wow. It's beautiful. I'm so appreciating this conversation. Yay. Well, you know, I got, I got one more question and I'm curious for you. What, what's one golden nugget, one golden nugget that you want to give to the listeners of yoga revealed as they walk through yoga or the journey of life. Give us a download of something that's really served you in your life of being a golden nugget. A lot of, people tell me when I tell them to join my class or to just do yoga in general, that what stops them is them not being flexible. Mm. And um, my advice is that you are never going to be flexible unless you start. And it's not about being flexible. Um, even though I think the, the fact that some people aren't is a beautiful reflection of 
how they've treated their bodies. If you don't feel good inside your body, it's very likely that you haven't treated your body well. And, and he's just reflecting what you mm. had him experience. So I want people to really let go of the fear of not being flexible because it's not about that. It's about cultivating a new relationship with their body, mind, and soul. Um, and going back to that remembrance of who we are. Mm. Returning home to who we are. Yes. yes, indeed. Well, thank you. Thank you for dropping in with us from one side of the world to the other. And uh, yes. so grateful. And until next time, namaste. Actually, before we go, where can people find you? Yes, you can find Tell us about me your classes. On- Okay. Um, I teach a donation-based meditation class every Sunday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Israel time or 9.30 a.m. L.A. time. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I think it's doable for both sides of the world. And um, I have guided meditations on my Instagram if you missed the live. And I teach two asana, advanced asana classes a week. Um, my website has the classes. I can send you a link later. Um, and Instagram is the best place to contact me. I'm more active there. My Facebook friends limit has surpassed. For some reason, <laughs> you can only have 5,000 Facebook friends. So, um, but well, so yeah. sweet. We'll have people directed to your Instagram and link for your website will be in the description and so excited to yeah, highlight you and just share your love and your presence and your radiance with the world and thank you Alec I love yeah. you you're such a wonderful soul keep shining thank you namaste yoga revealed thank you so much for tuning in with me and Shirley you can find Shirley on Instagram at S-H-E-E-R-L-E dot Duff. And be sure to send her a message letting her know what you thought about her download with us today. We would so appreciate it if you share this episode and tag Shirley, myself, Alec Love Life Yoga, and Yoga Revealed. We do what we do here at Yoga Revealed for the mission of spreading the wisdom of yoga to more people faster. Because if you're anything like myself and Shirley, being a soul in a human body during this time is is wild. And there are unlimited ways for us to expand. And yoga is a tool for our lifetime and beyond. Until next time, my friends, practice on and love life. Namaste. Your friend, Alec Vishal Rubin. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.